0: we can humble ourselves before you, that no matter what age we are, if we're incoming freshmen or graduating seniors, that um, as we transition onto our new phases of life, that we can focus on you and that we can humble ourselves before you. And I thank you that you are a God who takes care of us when we're weary or when we're broken, um, that you love all of the messy parts about us and that you create all the beautiful things in us. So I just pray this week that we can keep that in mind and cling to you and live for your glory. Amen. Well, as you guys go ahead and grab your seats, um, how glad are you guys that summer is finally here? Like, who's who's jacked? There we go. Callie's excited. Anyone else? Yeah. There we go. On the count of three, tell me your summer plans. One, two, three. That's awesome. That was awesome, man! I'm so excited for you guys. I literally heard every one of you, and I could not be more excited. Um, especially the whoever I don't know who it was who said that you're gonna come over and help me do yard work. Thank you, thank you for that. Thank you for thank you for your sacrifice. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do this morning. Okay. So the past the past I don't know. Let's be honest. Since since I have have started since I came in in November. We have been pushing this idea, this thought, this practice of community. So here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to squeeze in. If there's someone who's sitting behind you who looks like they're, they're sitting by themselves, or if there's somebody to your right or to your left, let's close it in. Let's be community. So here's what I want you to do. There should be more room on the sides than there is in the center. Everybody squeeze in towards the center. If you see someone in front of you or behind you that is like one or two, say, Hey, man, there's a seat right here. Make room. Have them jump up or back, whatever it is. Let's begin to build this community. There we go. There we go. We're feeling it this morning. Yeah, yeah. I just want, I really, that's what it was. I wanted you guys to be closer to me. I want you yeah, to Griggy. It's all about Griggy. Lauren. Um, here's the other thing, too. If you're like, man, it makes me really uncomfortable to sit by someone I don't know. If you feel really uncomfortable to sit by someone you don't know, here's what I want everyone to do. No, here's what I want everyone to do. Say hi and introduce yourself to the person on your right and your left, whether you know them or not. Do that really quick. Hi, I'm Ryan. Where's someone I haven't met? I'm Ryan. What's your name? Timmy. Timmy? Nice to meet you. Joey. Joey. I'm feeling like that's not his real name. What's your name? What's your real name? Timmy? Okay, got it, got it, fantastic, fantastic. Meet someone you don't know. Here's the thing. Now, here's, here's my, 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 my goal for you. Next week, you, you know them. So next week, when you see them, whether you know them or not, be like, hey, Timmy, even though that's not his real name, but that's what he calls him. What's your real name? Andrew. Andrew, but it's Timmy. Fair enough, fair enough. Ryan. I go by Ryan, but that's not my, my official real name, so newsflash. Um. <clears throat> So we're trying to build this sense of community here. You know what I mean? We've, we were talking of weeks ago, and really, we've been this theme of everyone being welcome and wanted, feeling welcome and wanted. And, and so one of the things that I want to encourage you to do is, is find those people that uh, maybe feel new, look and feel new. Maybe, maybe you as a junior or senior, you go, I'm going to find some freshmen who are new in this environment, who maybe think that this environment is now boring. Um, and and want to engage them. Find the person who sits behind you who always sits by himself, and introduce yourself, and then this week, and next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, say, hey, man, hey, Timmy, sit by me. You you don't, you don't, I want you to sit by me. And so we've been talking about this this idea, this, this community that we really want to have, this kind of community that builds greater community. And so today, we're starting a new series. We have, we have been going through the book of Luke, and we're going we're gonna to jump off of that. We're going to head into a new series. And we're going to talk about making room. We want to make room in this environment. We want to make room outside of this place. We want to make room in our relationships for other people. And so today, we're starting this series that we'll be going over for the next five weeks, and the interns will continue it on and finish it out, called Making Room. It's really what we're going to do is we're going to look at God's word and see what it has to say about hospitality, about creating environments that are welcoming, but creating environments and making room for the people in our lives that we might not find it easy to make room for. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how to make room for others. We're going to talk about how to make room for those who betray us, for the church as a whole. How do we make room for the church as a whole? We're going to talk about how we make room for the lost cause, the person at our school or in our life, maybe even in our family that we say they will never know Jesus. They will never understand what it's like to be a church. We're going to look at what it, uh, what it takes to make room for others. A biblical look at hospitality, how we make room for others in our lives. Those that it's easy to make room for and those that are, that, that are difficult to make room for. And so today we're going to look at this in a broad idea of how to make room for others. And so we're going to jump in. This is in Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15. And so for those of you, quick, quick update on Acts. Acts is, is essentially uh, from the New Testament. It is the history book of the early church what happened, how it grew, and essentially how it went from 12 guys who followed Jesus to billions of people through the the course of history to today. I mean, because of Acts, because of what the early apostles did, the first 12, that's what allows us to meet here today because of the work that they put in. And so we're going to look at what they did to create from 12 billions to see what we can do here today to hopefully grow and make room and create an environment for others where they feel welcome and they feel wanted. And so we're going to jump into Acts chapter 15, chapter 15 of Acts, we're going 1 through 21, okay? It could be a little bit of a marathon today, got a lot to plug through, but it's good stuff and it can apply to our lives right now. And so we're going to jump in. Follow along with me. If you don't have your Bible, it's going to come up on the screen uh, in just a minute. So this is Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 21. It says, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas uh, had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through uh, Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversions of Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, uh, to all the brothers... By the church and the apostles and the elders, they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, "It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses." So, lot there. I'm going to briefly recap it. So, we've got this group of guys who are saying, "Hey, we want to proclaim Jesus to everyone. Like they say, Jesus is not just for Jewish people. We want to we want to claim it to everyone." But in this day, there was, there, was, there was biblical law that if you were a Jew, if you were following the Jewish beliefs, you had to be circumcised, okay? If you need, if you need to know what that is, talk to your parents. They'll definitely explain it to you. Um, and so they, 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 they created this. They said, hey, before you can jump into our way of life, you have to follow this specific law. But these guys are coming through and they're saying, no, we have, we have begun to speak to the Gentiles. We have been telling them these things and crazy things are happening. And so there's some, 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 some arguments between them. They're saying, hey, it has to be this. You have to follow this law. And the other side saying, well, why can't we just go about telling people about Jesus? Why do we have to hold them under this one specific law? Now, therefore, why are you putting God to test by placing a yoke on the the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we have been saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The assembly fell silent and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, brothers, listen to me, Simeon has related how, has, how God first visited the Gentiles to take them from the people for His name. And with this w- with the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. And so here, quick recap once again. So we just went through a lot, a lot of text this morning. but here's what it is. is so we have Paul and Barnabas saying, hey, to the council, these are some amazing things that we have seen happen with the Gentiles. as we're as we're, communi- as we're creating community with them, as we're growing with them, as we're telling them about Jesus, and so why would we put this one specific law on their necks, create this very difficult stepping stone so that they can come to Jesus? He says, we understand, whether we're Jew or Gentile, that God offers us the free gift of grace. It's simply receiving that gift. And he, so, so, so they say, why do we have this one law that we can't get over? So they're continuing to, continuing to fight back and forth, and it says this. They says, as it was written, it says, After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins. I will restore it that, th- that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who make these things known from of old wraps up with this. It says, therefore, my judgment, that's James speaking, because it was James, the last guy we heard from. He says this, therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things that to abstain from the things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from what has been strangled and from blood. For, For from ancient generations, Moses had in every city, those who proclaimed him, for he for he is read every Sabbath in the synagogues. And so what James is saying here is, he goes, it's my decision as, as a young leader of this city that we're leading, of Jerusalem, I, I am making the decision that we should, we should not have to put this, 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 this law, this understanding of if you are going to become us, if you are gonna fall in our ways, that Jesus is not enough, but you must become circumcised. He goes, I am gonna make the decision that you don't have to do that. All you have to do is put your focus in Jesus. And so he, he, he declares this for them and he says that that is what we're going to focus on. We're not going to focus on necessarily the old laws, the stepping stones, but we're going to focus on the, the platform, the foundation which we stand on, which is Jesus. So we're going to look at this. We're going to look at this, this, this piece of scripture and how it allows us to make room in our lives for others. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have called us, you have challenged us. Um, to follow you, uh, to receive the gift of grace, but then, Father, to go and share it with others. Um, God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunities that you have in the week coming forward, whether we're heading to move or whether we're heading to work or whether we're heading just back home. Um, Father, I thank you for all that you do. Uh, it's in your name we pray, amen. So uh, this idea of making room, it's, it's kind of hard to grasp sometimes, but um, what I want you to do is go back two and a half years, so that puts some of you in sixth grade. That puts some of you in tenth grade. But here's what I want you to do: I want you to go back two and a half years. And so Emily and I had just found out our first child. We were pregnant with our first child, and um, we're getting excited. You know, as you're getting ready to to have a baby, this idea of making room ga- got new life in my in my in my in my world. Uh, this idea of making room became something new because it was prior to that it was just Emily me and our dog Crosby. Okay. And so we didn't have to make much room for Crosby. It was just like a little bed on the, on the, on the floor, but we knew we were going to have a baby. And so we were excited. And so you start to have the, the bridal shower, not the bridal showers. That was a couple of years before you start to have the baby showers and all of these gifts start to pour in and like all of the things that you need for a baby. When we got Crosby, it was two bowls and a bag of food. For 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 Finley, who we'd find out later would come, it was a lot of stuff. It's diapers and it's creams and it's ointments and it's clothes and it's uh, toys that they actually won't play with. It's bottles and it's cribs and bassinets and just all car seats that are like ridiculously hard to put in. Like you need a, a master's degree to put these things in. And it's just thing after thing after thing. And we knew that our little room would not be enough space for her, and so we created a little nursery in anticipation for her to come. We were making room in our house and in our lives for the arrival of Finley. And so uh, Christmas comes and goes, and we get even more stuff. And then January sixth, two thousand fifteen rolls around, and this is what this is what what happens. It's coming up, maybe. There you go. This little this little this little bundle of joy. I call her Bug. That's her nickname. Bug shows up. On this is the first picture that we have, and so I was excited. I'm like, man, I'm gonna be a dad. This is crazy. I was really excited for it. And so she comes, and my world is turned, flipped upside down, like completely crazy. What you don't see is, is this little girl now. This is this is what was to come. This little girl beside her little brother, who she loves to death. So that's Finley called. That's Finley now today. That's Easter so not quite today, a couple couple, um, weeks ago, but what I didn't know is I had been preparing and making room for her in my life. And so she came, she was born, and in the first six weeks, I struggled as a dad. Like, I had a lot of trouble connecting with her for whatever reason. Obviously, she's a newborn, and I'm like, I'm the adult, and I had a really difficult time in those first six weeks when she came, came home with us and just became a very active part of our life. And see, what I didn't realize is I had made room. <coughs> I had made room in my home, in my car, and in my life for Finley. But in those first six weeks, I, she came in and she lived in those, in those spaces but I realized that I started to get resentful towards her. She was taking time away from my wife. She was keeping me up at night. She was demanding things of me that I really selfishly didn't want to give away all the time, like sleep at 3 a.m. Like It's not the easiest, you know? She's taking time away. And I get it, I, it literally got to the point where I was so excited to get to work. I was, I was able to take a certain amount of time and I went back to work early because I was like, I need, to, I need to get back into the rhythm of things. And what I did not realize that I realize now is yes, when we make room, it is incredibly important to, to make room within a physical place. And we did that with Finley, we made a physical space for her. And that's what we're talking about in Acts. What we're talking about in Acts is creating space for others. When we see this interaction, we see that what, what, what comes before this is the, the early churches starting to grow. And when we look back into the Gospels, we see that Jesus was, was a Jewish man, and the people that he had follow him were Jewish men, and they followed the Jewish law. But what Jesus had done is he began to to separate himself from the Old Covenant, from everything that happened in the Old Testament. And he started to teach and preach things that were incredibly simple but really hard to do. I mean, some of the things that Jesus taught, the, the big bulk of what Jesus taught came down to this. Love God and love people. There were other things that we need to learn, but a big part of it was that. And so what we need to look is we see that the that, that, that Old Testament, there was all of these laws that people had to be held under, that they, they had to follow to be clean in the eyes of God and in the eyes of others. And it was just law after law after law. It was like, take a step forward. Now you've got to do this. Then you tie your shoe, let's say. Take a step forward. When you get to get to this, now you need to button up your shirt. Now you need to take a step forward. Now you have to make sure that your hands are clean. Take a step forward. Now you have to do this. And it's step after step after step. And a- along the way, if your shoe becomes untied, you have to go start back, right back to the beginning. And it was this laws. And Jesus came and he said, hey, that, that is what God gave you up until this point, but now I have come to give you something new. And so everyone, a lot of the Jewish culture, everyone in it was caught up in all of these laws and these rituals and things that you needed to do. But then you got these two guys, Paul and Barnabas. You got Peter, you got James, you got, you got a bunch of them. And they start to come together because they say, hey, We see that people who are not of our background, who are not Jewish, want to be part of what we're doing. You know, essentially it's like this. People who are not yet Christians enjoy what we're doing, and they want to be a part of what's going on, whether it's a a big trip, whether it's hanging out and playing volleyball, whether it's coming here on a Sunday morning. It's the equivalent of saying, hey, we have friends, we have people that we engage with who are not believers, who don't know Jesus, who would not label themselves as a Christian or a follower of Christ, a disciple. They want to come and be a part of this. And so what these guys realize is those people on the outside who want to be on the inside, who want to have a relationship with Jesus, we need to make room for them. We need to create an opportunity for them to come and engage and be a part of what we're doing without having to jump through a bunch of flaming hoops, a bunch of of really difficult things to overcome. And so they realize that there is a need to make room within their community. And so it all comes down, they, they debate back and forth, they pull Old Testament scripture into it, and they're having this conversation, and then James finally finds himself as the leader of the early church, he says, I am gonna make a decision and it's gonna forever alter where the church is heading and what we do moving forward. He goes, we are gonna make room for these people who wanna be in. He goes, we're not gonna say it's a checklist of things. He goes, there is one requirement that we have as the church and that is faith and the reception of grace in one's life. These laws, these checklists of things that both, t- both, t- both shoes tied tight, double knotted, you know, super neat. It's not those things anymore. It's now one thing, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. He, we, what we see is we see a young leader who says, I'm going to make a decision to create space, to make room. I want to know this morning, where are my young leaders in this room who are going to create space in this room? And sometimes creating space is exactly what we did right at the beginning. It's shifting over to the center so that there's seats on the end. I see space all the way around. I see room for other people to come in. So sometimes it's just that it's making room. It's a physical space. But other times, we need to make room in our hearts. See, when I look back on my experience with Finley, with Finley, we made a physical space in our home, in the car, across the board. We made, and I thought that that was enough. I thought that that would be sufficient in her coming into our lives and being welcomed and feeling great. And sometimes we can sit in here and we can say, hey, I've made room. There's a seat empty beside me. Isn't that enough? There's physical space I have created that yes that is incredibly important but there's something that's even more important what i realized is over those 6 weeks when i was struggling what i realized is i made an incorrect assumption in that my daughter would be born and immediately we would have a relationship what i lacked from that was interaction was a relationship and what i what 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 i could not understand is emily you know, she had, had carried Finley for nine months. She, every time Finley moved or even had hiccups, you know, when she, you know, was a baby in Emily's belly, Emily could feel those things and it was creating a bond and a relationship with her. However, I did not have that opportunity. And so when she was born, I assumed that an automatic relationship would, would happen. It's like walking up to somebody you've never met before and saying, hey, we're gonna be best friends from here moving forward. And what's your name? It's really difficult to do. And so what we need to realize, what we see from this is we need to create space. We need to make room in a physical sense, but then we need to create and make room in our hearts. It's one thing to say, hey, everyone is welcome here, We have room for you, but it's another thing to say, man, there's somebody new in the back. I am gonna go make room for them in my heart. I have begun to pray and ask God to create space to make room in my heart for the new people that walk in so that when I see them, I can walk up to them. I know that there's room in my heart and I can begin to develop a relationship. That's a big part of what it takes to make room for others. Now, that, 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 that picture you just saw, the, the, the right now Finley, I love that girl so much. I loved Finley when she was born, but it was a different kind of love. It was, a, it was almost like a, a, a love that I felt obligated to. I loved her, I cared for her, but I didn't feel it really in my heart. And then I started to realize she would smile at me and she would make noises, and I'd come home, and she'd get excited. And now one of my favorite things is I walk in the door, I slam, and I always hear Emily say, well, who's here? And she comes, and she peeks around the corner, and she goes, daddy's home. And it is because of the relationship that we have. It is because I made room in my heart for her, and and through that it has shown her what it is like to make room in her heart. Here's the cool thing about it. That was the hardest one of the hardest transitions I've ever had. And so I knew about a year and a half ago when Colden was coming, I go, "Uh uh-oh, I don't want to feel that again. And so knowing that that awkward stage was going to be coming when he was going to be born, and I would assume that I'd have a relationship with him, but I don't, I knew that that was coming, and so I was able to prepare for that moment. I said, all right, he's coming. I'm, I'm probably, there's going to be a season of life where I'm frustrated because I don't know him and he's encroaching on my life. And so I prepared for that. And here's the thing. Knowing and going through that first awkward time, it made the transition with cold and so much easier because I had been through it. I had gone through it. I had felt the emotion. And so I knew what to look for that would help me develop a relationship that would help me develop and make room in my heart for my son. It's the same thing with each and every one of us. If you have never made room in your heart for someone else other than family, other than your friends, if you've just gone through the motion and said, hey, I got to know this person over time, I don't really, I can't look back and say a specific moment when I pursued them and made room for them, it can be hard. You can make assumptions that somebody's going to walk through the door and room will just automatically be made. But here's here's the best part about it. When we make room in our heart for that first person, it's difficult. That new person that walks through the doors, it's a hard season to to journey through. But here's what what I promise you. If you continue to go after it, if you continue to engage them, if the person you're sitting by today for the first time, you say next week, hey, sit by me again, you'll start to see little pieces of a relationship forming. Maybe they walk in and you see them smile for the first time in here, a genuine, real smile. Let's be honest. We can all put on fake smiles. But when we see a genuine smile, we know it. And so maybe for you, for me, it was some of those smiles from Finley. Maybe for you, it's saying, hey, how are you? It's so good to see you. And they say, oh, my goodness, somebody finally is glad that I'm here. And the more you begin to do that, it becomes easier and easier to the point where someone new walks in, you go, hey, it was with this person, and same thing with that person, and it's going to be the same with this person. But I'm expecting those things, and so the relationship can build faster. I can make room in my heart for them so that they feel that I have made room for them in here. And that's what we see from God's word. We see a group of people who say, we have made room for them. We have made room for them in our heart, and now we have to make room for them in our community and in our society. And so my question for you is, where are you, where are you stopping in your ability to make room for others? What, what, what laws, what flaming hoops have we created in here, knowingly or unknowingly, that causes people to feel resistance when they want to come into this place? Who are my young leaders in here who are going to say, hey, this foolishness that we have been keeping up with, we need to stop it. We need to go after these people. We can't create different rules and laws and and cliques and groups of friends. When we come into this place, it should be one group that feels incredibly welcome and feels incredibly wanted. We need to make room, not just in this room, but in our hearts. And that happens through the decisions that we make on a consistent irregular regular basis. And here's why I know we need to make room. Because God made room for us. When we were completely undeserving of it, God looked down and he saw what was going on and he made room for us. He made a physical space. When God created this, this earth, he said, I am going to create the earth for us. For you and for me, I'm going to create a physical place that we can exist. God has created a physical place for us in this earth. The other thing he said, I am going to create a place for the people that I love and the people that love me. And so he has created a place called heaven that is for us. And so there are are physical, and I, I don't know that heaven's a physical place. I don't know. Maybe one day we can all figure out together and you can look back and say, hey, Ryan, remember? remember back that one summer? You were wrong. This is not a physical place. It's something completely different. Maybe it is, but he created an earth, which is a physical place. He, he shifted down in his seat to create room for us, but then he created room in his heart. There was room in his heart that already existed. It had been in his heart since the existence for his people. And so not only do we have a physical place, not only is there a physical place where we have room, but there's a place in God's heart for us. And he did that through his son, through the person of Jesus Christ. He saw what we needed, very much like we can look around and we can see that we need more people in here. Not for numbers sake, not for attendance, but because we have a hope that other people don't know exists. And so, so God looks down at us and he sees us on this physical place that he created, this place where he made room. He goes, that's not enough. That empty seat is not enough. And so God says, I'm going to send the best thing. I'm going to send my son, Jesus, to show others that there is room in my heart For everyone. What kind of environment are we creating in here? When someone new walks in, do they say there's room in here for me? Or do they say, Man, this place is too full? It's a closed-off group, and I gotta go find something else. Here's the thing: because when Jesus came, it showed us our need for God's heart. And the thing is, until we are able to experience Jesus, until we're able to have a relationship with Jesus where we can see him working in our lives, we don't have a relationship. It's like Finley and me. There's no relationship, so how is there real love? I knew I had a real love for her. I knew that it would exist, but I had to create the relationship. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to make room in our hearts for others because if we are called by Christ and we have received the gift of salvation, we have received the free gift of grace, then in our heart, there is space for others because God has created space for us through Jesus. So what do we do with that space? It should make us feel sick to our stomach to know that people walk in here and they don't feel welcome. It should make us really, really acutely aware of the things that we create that are difficult for people coming in. Just like James. We need some young leaders who are gonna identify those things and say, hey, this can't happen anymore. We're turning people away from Jesus. How are we gonna make room in our lives? Because here's the cool thing about all this. If we make room in our heart, it starts to snowball. We've made room. There's empty seats all over. And so we have room here. Now we need to make room in our heart. And once we make room in our heart, people start to come in and we realize that the room in our heart has exceeded the room that we have in this physical place. And this place will need to grow and it will need to grow. And the, the space in our hearts will continue to grow. And that's the thing about Jesus. When we find that we have a relationship with Jesus, we experience a love that grows and grows and grows. And in our hearts, the room grows and it grows and it grows to the point where people want in. So where are you making room? We have the physical place. Have we made room in our hearts? It's not easy to do. But what it takes is saying that, hey, Jesus made the room for me. The least I can do is to make room for others so that they can come here and they can experience the room that Jesus has made for them. Because as much room as we make, it is always gonna be a fraction of the room that Jesus has made for all of us. Jesus' love, God's love, it's big. It's big. There's enough room at the table for all of us. Where are you making room? Who are my young leaders who are gonna step up and make room. Guys, don't let this be just another fun fun day Sunday. Allow this to penetrate your heart. Allow God to make room in your heart. If we really buy into what Jesus teaches, what God teaches us through his word, if we really sell out for it, and we pursue the type of community we see in Acts and the community that it led to that it exists today. When we make room for others, God's love shines through and they make room for others. And the space grows and it grows and it grows. We can share hope. We can share love in the person of Jesus Christ bow your heads with me. God, I thank you for, thank you for your word. God, I thank you how we can go to this, this word of yours and we can find hope, we can find encouragement, we can find that you have made room for us. So God, I pray that as we look ahead to the next few weeks as we engage with friends and with acquaintances and the person we're sitting by maybe for the first time, the kid whose name we've already forgotten. God, I pray that we would we would make room in our hearts. Because once we have room there, Father, you take over. So God, I pray that as we as we leave from this place, I pray Father that we would just look for opportunities. I pray that you would you would put a call that your spirit would put a call on the hearts of our young leaders in this room, the ones who are going to step up and say we will create space. We are going to make room. So God, I pray that you would you would speak to our hearts. I pray, Father, first and foremost, we would make room for you and then you would get in our hearts and you would put your your hands on the walls and you would push it out and stretch it out so that we have more room than we could ever imagine. I pray you would continue to fill that and stretch it and fill it and stretch it. God, I thank you that you call us to do things that are difficult pray Father that you would call us to do things that stretch us that make our lives difficult at times but ultimately Father for greater glory in your kingdom God we thank you we thank you for creating a physical place where we can come and we can we can do life together on this earth and I thank you even more than that Father for creating space for making room through your son God we thank you for this day we thank you for all that you're going to do it's in your name we pray Amen.